Hi, everyone. Welcome to Chit Chat with Jose and Miguel, the podcast. Are you seeking to find your purpose but not sure where to start? Do you feel like something is missing in your life and need some real guidance? Do you feel like you can use some inspiration and motivation? Well, here is the podcast for you. Each week, I'll be using my expertise in life and career coaching to bring you topics surrounding the conversations of happiness, success, and life. I look forward to having meaningful conversations where we can explore stories and ideas and create a space for people to connect and feel like they can belong. We'll have episodes that will include special guests as well as live shows where you can call in and ask your questions. I'm looking forward to bringing you amazing episodes every Wednesday starting in mid-April. I hope to hear from you. If you want, follow me on Instagram at Coach Jose Miguel or Jose Miguel Longo. And you can send your emails with comments and questions to hello at coachingwithjoseamiguel.com. I look forward to hearing from you and bring you some awesome conversations. Thanks and be safe. Awesome. So welcome to the fourth episode of Chit Chat with Jose Miguel. We have an amazing guest here today, someone who I started to learn about very briefly here not that long ago, but he's become someone I look up to and I love his work. Um, We have Ben Fritz here. Ben is the creator of the Creative Energy Shift, and it's a power-packed, inspirational guide to get you motivated and inspired and get your energy back when you think about mindset and you're trying to figure out how to get out of that rut from being exhausted all day long, which many of us can experience, and especially now in this era of being quarantined, right? So many of us are probably drained mentally, physically. This guide is amazing, Ben. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, Why don't you start with your journey here? Thanks so much, Jose. I'm so excited to be on here and sharing with your audience. So I'll definitely start with my story and kind of how that brought me to to what I'm doing now and the the creative energy shift. It kind of goes back to college where my degree is in computer science and I graduated with the degree. I wasn't totally convinced that it was what I wanted to do, but I knew that the money was good. I had skills in the area and that was kind of what I was going off of. So I got the degree, I pushed hard and got into the real world. I found a job relatively quickly and pretty soon in, I, I realized that it wasn't going to be the life for me. It, it didn't fit me and who I really wanted to be in the, in the course of my life. The lifestyle, the nine to five job, doing something kind of like punching a clock, doing something for somebody else that didn't feel really meaningful to me. It just didn't align. So I quickly, a year in, I, I felt this and soon realized that I couldn't live my whole life this way. Money was great, but it just wasn't everything. And so I needed to figure out a different way of living. And so at the time, I kind of did a little bit of soul searching and personal training came to mind because I was really into fitness and I wanted to help people. I really realized that at the end of the day, I wanted to create an impact, make a difference, and be doing this on a daily basis. And I'm just a passionate person. I'm very connected to what I'm doing in my work. And so eventually, I I quit my job. I left the safe, high-ceiling, comfortable job. And it was really scary. But I soon after got my first personal training job and immediately realized that wow, like this life 
is different. This is what I had in mind. It was kind of everything that I had built it up to be in my head. I felt more alive on a daily basis. I felt like what I was doing mattered. And I was not making much money at first, but I didn't care because it was something that I enjoyed. And I was commuting over an hour each way. I was living with my parents at the time. All these things that people would you know, tend to be like, oh, like that just doesn't sound fun. But I didn't care because I was doing something that I really enjoyed. Um, and then I quickly, from there, I worked at a gym for a year. And then I started my own personal training business. This was really what kind of set me off because it really opened my eyes to I could do something I loved and make a difference and make money doing it. And so within a couple of years of that, it was really, which by the way, was very scary. You know, the transition to from computer science to personal training was really scary because it was a major shift. I was kind of just throwing out that college degree, so to speak, in which I had paid all this money for, which I still have loans for. So it was painful and scary to do that, but I just knew in my heart that I had to do it. I had to try something else. I could always go back to it if I needed. But once I was in in the industry and I, I experienced that shift, I knew that I had to continue down that path. And so then when I started my business, I, I left the gym and I started my own business. That was another really scary leap because I now had to rely on myself to make money. And I didn't have a full book of clients when I made the jump. And that was really, really nerve wracking to do that. But I got, I just kind of trusted this, like, this is what feels right for me right now. I need to do it. And I just really had faith in myself that I would make it work somehow. So I, I was making a living within a couple of years of having my own business. Um, some things fell into place really soon after. And it just, I got to a place where I was just so happy. I was so fulfilled. I was just excited on a daily basis to be doing what I was doing. And then the interesting thing is to, to really start to explain how this led me to where I'm at today is I started to see this in my personal training clients. They were coming to me and I saw the same story. I, I was working with a lot of younger people. So people that were between 28 and 40 so they were out of college. They had steady jobs by this point. A lot of them were pretty well off in terms of their positions and their income, but they were just coming to me so drained and so just no zest for life. They, they had so much potential. They're such good people. And to see this was really hard for me to, to see them coming to me and having the capacity to, like I said, I could see how like they're just great people, but they were, they, they just looked like zombies. <laughs> they, they were coming to me. They had no energy anymore. They were so drained. They were working all sorts of crazy hours just because they were getting paid and they, or they felt they had to do so for the company. And so what happened then was I started to help people make these shifts in their life because it was something that I had done for myself. And so even though they're coming to me for, for fitness reasons, I started to use this time with them because a lot of these people I was seeing two or three hours a week, I started to use this time with them to help them shift in these other areas. So once I had done that with a handful of people, I was like, wow, like I, I was just so lit up about it. And I was like, that's really what I'm feeling called to. And then to, to kind of um, wrap this up, 
I, a couple of years ago in 2018, uh, I had started having some health issues and I had kind of ignored it, but they eventually started to, or they hit the wall very quickly, mid 2018. It put me on my butt for a few months where I couldn't work. And it really gave me the opportunity to look at my life, kind of reprioritize, see what mattered to me and where I wanted to take my life going forward. Just I went through a ton in that period in terms of looking inward and self-reflection and all that kind of stuff. But really what it, I got from it was I wanted to help people make this shift in living a life where they felt deeply aligned with who they were and who they wanted to be and to stop living a life of obligation, of being somebody else, of just kind of going through the motions. And so I realized I had stayed in the fitness industry because that was my comfort zone. I had a lot of fears of leaving that, but I finally made this shift. So that's been my mission ever since. What was the switch that it was inside you, or maybe it was in your head that said, being a computer science major and working as a computer science, you know, whether it's data mining or software development isn't for me, you know, was it from still being in college and transitioning to your first job? Or was it working in your first job that you said, fuck, this is just not going to work. This isn't where I want my life to be. This is exhausting and I'm, I'm done. What was that switch there for you? Yeah, it was really more of the latter, just in terms of I was never quite convinced, even going into college, like going from high school into college. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I haven't, I wasn't one of those people who was dead set on like, yeah, I want to, I want to be a software engineer. I had good grades in math and science coming out of, out of high school. And so my counselor was like, you're clearly like set up for engineering and, and the University of Illinois is a great engineering school. Um, and so it's nearby and all the things kind of added up for me. I was like, okay, sure, sure. Like that all sounds good. And then, like I said, the, the, the thing that is important because I see it in so many of the people that I work with is there was that dollar sign attached to it where it was like, okay, like I can do this thing that I'm already pretty good at and there's a high payout. So at the time, because that was pretty much all I was going off of, I just followed that. Computers seemed interesting to me. I like playing video games. So like, why don't I go into computer science, right? <laughs> and and it was it was a struggle. Um, I, I would say in, in hindsight, there were countless times where if I'd really taken a moment to ask myself if it was working and if it was the right direction, I could have honestly said no. But I, I forced it because it was like, well, this is the path I started out on. This did is... you feel stuck? Like, oh shit, I do this now. I have to, I did this degree now. I have to do this work. Pretty much. That, that was pretty much it. I, I didn't give myself any room for options. In, in my mind, there were no options. It was like, I committed to this. I'm going to do this. And it's it pains me to say it now. But really, my mantra at the time was like, I'll eventually get out and I'll be making money and everything will be fine. Which, Do you think it was a part of like, you know, we, we talk about money and money and success and this idea of we were on a high paying job because we equate that to being happy when we have our values and we think about that. 
Was that the same thing for you? You thought about the money and you thought that was going to make you happy? Yes. In a sense that I've always been really attracted to money. I'm not like, yeah, not even from like a, a power hungry way or anything like that. I think it was probably a little bit rooted in the fact that growing up, I would, you know, my family, like middle class, they, they weren't low income or anything like that, but it was very bare bones in terms of like, we didn't just get stuff bought for us as kids. You know, it was like our parents bought us clothing and, and we were well-fed and everything like that, but there was never any leftover. It wasn't like we were going on these big fancy vacations. We weren't getting, uh, you know, we got Christmas presents, but I had friends that got way more. And so for me, a big part of it, I believe, was the fact that I, I think I sensed as a child how this, that that created, there was stress around money, basically. And I wanted to make sure that I didn't experience that and I didn't have to go through that. So that was, I think that's really what the main driver for me was around money. It was, it was less about being successful or having like a label next to my name as it was that money felt safe. Like I, if I had money, then like you said, that would translate into being safe and happy. So switching gears here a little bit, you were talking about your, I think I would say your aha moment um, where the light bulb went off and working with your clients as a fitness coach and personal trainer. What was that like for you? What was that aha moment where the light bulb just said, you know, this is where it really is. This is my calling. Such a great question because I think these moments often come to us and we just aren't open to them. And and I kind of even said it too with the kind of the health issues like led me to really committing to this new path. But to answer your question directly, it was really from being in touch with myself and really understanding what made me feel really good. So for example, I had a client who just felt so stuck in the job that he was doing. He was like one of the best guys I've ever met. I'm still good friends with him to this day. Just the sweetest guy. But he was just so stressed out about his job. His job ran his life. He didn't know how to have fun. He didn't know how to go out and, and do things with friends. The single guy. And over time, we kind of worked through things and he eventually quit and went into something that was much more aligned with him and his passions. And in that moment, I saw him go from a shell of a human to everything that I could tell he had inside him. I knew he was this good guy. I knew kind of like what a a bright, soul he was, but only when he made that shift in his life, you know, it's a, it was a career shift, but work is just such a big part of our life. So, so many things in his life shifted when he made this career shift. And so then to me, it was like, I saw that he was just this bright soul that I always knew he was, but on a daily basis. And he was just a different human being. And so to me, that just, it just lit me up knowing that I had a part in that process. And played a role in the impact that shifted that energy for him. Speaking of energy, um, when we talk about your CES, CES, sorry, 
tell us more about that because I think that people need to hear this. This is something that from what I saw and what you had sent me weeks ago. And I said, oh my God, I haven't had a chance to get to it. And when I finally read it, I was like, holy shit, this is amazing. More people need to know about this. Tell us about what this is so that people understand who are listening to us and you know, tell them how they could actually access this as well. Thank you. I, so first of all, I, I definitely appreciate the feedback. Our energy is everything. And we talk about time management. We talk about money and finances. But to me, after working with people for so long, after having my own experiences with life, career, health, what I've realized is our energy is everything. If we don't have energy, that's our vital life force. And if we don't have access to that, for one, it's not going to feel good. It's going to feel shitty (laughs) because we're not living fully but we also can't harness our true creative power. I, I fully believe that each one of us has an incredible, unique gift that we need to be giving to the world. Amen to that. <laughs> and if we are aligned with that, we're going to be happy. It's going to allow us personal freedom, joy, and success in whatever that looks like for you. But it's also going to allow everybody else to receive you in the best possible way and receive the best parts of you. So that's like a huge, you know, a a big deep hole to, to go into like how you can get to that place. But for me, so much of it came back to energy and 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 it's truly precious. So the creative energy shift was born out of working with clients and realizing so that the people that I work with are specifically usually in jobs that don't feel good to them. They aren't really deeply aligned with who the person is, the work they actually want to be doing, work they actually care about. So often the people that I work with are eventually going to make some shift out, whether it's to some side hustle they're working on, whether it's to a different industry completely, but they feel so scared about doing somewhat, you know, imposter syndrome around or just have so many fears of because they don't have the schooling or they're afraid of throwing away their their college education that they paid so much for. That's who I work with generally. And these people are trying to make this shift in their lives in a in a way that they aren't just kind of making this big risky change, right? Where they're just throwing everything and making this risky change, what I realized was becoming a common thread with the people that I was working with is they're like, look, Ben, this stuff does excite me. I do want to move into this different line of work. I do want to put this work in on my side business. But you know what? I just, I can't. Like I get home, I'm so unmotivated. I'm drained. I feel like shit. I just did something for somebody that I don't like, I don't care about the work that I just did for eight hours or I sat in front of a computer and I just feel lifeless. Like I just, I I simply can't do it. And for me, I understand that. And, And this is where I'm very grateful for the experiences that I had and working in the industry for years. And one thing I like to tell people about my story is that everything I've experienced in my life has got me to where I am now. So just know that if you're going through struggles and if things feel like they're completely wrong in your life, this situation that you're in is likely going to inform where you're at later. So 
use it. Try to learn the lessons that you can right now, currently. I, I totally understand if you feel really frustrated and stuck, but just know that at some point down the line, what you're learning is going to serve you. So that's that's a belief that I have deep down. I, I was able to see this in people. I was able to understand this of like, I get what it's like to sit at a desk all day and come home and just be like, oh, I just want to sink into the couch. I want to watch some Netflix. Like, how, like dude, I, I just can't really get motivated to work on my business. I want that life so bad. I want to make this shift so badly, but I'm just drained. That's where that came in. So I'd use tools that I knew for my coaching in terms of, visualization, meditation, and just joy and, and shifting this energy, we sit in this survival. There, There's two states, really. There's a survival state and then this creative state. And so much of our life is spent in the survival state. Going back to everything I've said about my, you know, my money mindset was that's coming from a survival state. Working a job just to do it because you want a paycheck as a survival state. And again, I don't want to shame anybody that's doing that. We all have, have things we need to do in our lives to get to where we want to be. But just to create some awareness around it, it's really hard to step into your genius, step into that person you're meant to become if you're always in this survival state. So the creative energy shift was a process that I created over time working with my clients of how to do so in a quick and effective manner in a way that harnessed the power of of mindset and visualization and even breath work and some movement with the body to quickly shift the body's energy state into a place that is much more creative and productive and just much lighter. Do you think that in that survival mode, that fear plays a huge factor as to this energy that we may not have, it's not lighting the fire up our ass to kind of get up and get going, that fear plays a role in that? Absolutely. Absolutely. I would say that fear is one of the things that characterizes that state more than any other emotion. And we get stuck in that place because of Fear of the unknown is really the biggest one. I mean, there's fear of failure, fear of rejection, fear of judgment. There's there's so many branches of that, but so much of it is rooted in fear. And we talk about the survival state. We all want to feel secure and safe. The, the flip side of that coin is fear in that if we step out from that safe job, if we step out from that life that we understand, a, a regular nine to five or that thing that our parents wanted us to do and kind of like pushed us in that way into their industry or, you know, to satisfy them, anything outside of that usually feels unsafe. Mm -hmm. And the difficult part is that this is so deeply ingrained into us and it becomes, it's our conditioning. It ends up ruling our subconscious and we end up making so many life decisions based on this way of thinking and these thought processes and these programmed fears end up running our lives. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think about the journey that I had to get to here to, you know, having this conversation with you today and thinking about all those different things. I went to school to be a Spanish teacher and I can honestly say that people who 
most often actually end up doing the work that they do and are most happy doing it are the ones that are teachers because they knew that from the beginning that they wanted to be a teacher and they stuck with it and then they finished and they're successful and that's what they're doing. But, you know, when you think about the statistics, um, over 50% of people who went to college and got a college degree don't work in the field of what they got the degree in. Um, And I think it speaks volumes to this idea of the fear of understanding what we're truly meant to do. And sometimes we have that inner voice inside us that we're in survival mode, right? And so we choose not to listen to that voice. And so we we pivot and not in the direction that's probably the best for us. We make those decisions that oftentimes influence where we go and the direction that we go. And we end up later in life, probably in our mid-20s, um, early 30s, figuring out, what the fuck have I done? <laughs> yep. What do I do? Um, which is helpful for us when we were coaches and we're trying to help people because that's so we er, we learned that enough now um, where we've discovered that for ourselves and we've learned that this is truly what we're meant to be doing. That gift that we were given is to help others. Mm-hmm. Um, when we talk about coaching, you know, what do you think are the biggest challenges people have when it comes to seeking what their purpose is? Yeah, I think this is such a a great question. And I first want to bring it back to the question that we're asked when we're young. And that is, what do you want to do when you grow up? I just think that that is a poor question to be asking a kid. (laughs) When you're six, seven years old? Yeah. You can barely tie your shoes right. Right. I think that the conversation kind of needs to start there in terms of we're trying to figure that out from such a young age and we're getting so much messaging from our parents, from school, from society as a whole of what a a real career is, what we should be doing, what a safe career is, you know, go back to the money thing that by the time we're actually in a place to make these decisions for ourselves in, in high school, there's so much noise, I think, around that. It's very, very difficult to, to know. And the flip side of that, or another aspect of that, is how the hell are you supposed to know when you're a hormonal teenager? Like, mm-hmm. come on. <laughs> there's, you just can't expect people to know what they want to do. So I think it all starts there. I think that's there's an interesting conversation around that. And I think there's so many different angles. I don't, you know, I don't have a a solution to how that needs to look. I think in general, we need to or can approach it in a different way of not pushing kids into things, uh, giving them options, letting them know that there are other options than just going to college. This is yes, it's a a route that makes a lot of sense for some professions, but it's not a good route to go to find yourself and figure shit out because being a hundred grand in debt for finding yourself, that's a, that's a load that is not worth it. And, you know, that's my personal opinion, of course, but the, I think there just needs to be a different conversation for young people around figuring out what it is, what you want to do and getting closer to finding out what those gifts are. And to bring it back to my situation, like I said, I was good in math and science. And so the natural, the kind of progression was engineering. 
Here's the thing that's interesting though, in hindsight, is that those are skills. That's an intelligence level. The things that I was good at as a human were holding space for people, actually truly listening to people, making people feel comfortable, being a kind individual, being able to communicate well and uh, even be a bridge for communication between people. And so those are all the kind of intangibles and things that, that can't be measured on paper. But in hindsight, doing what I'm doing now, they are everything. They, they play, you know, coaching. All those things make sense for a coach. So I think there's a, a conversation that we just need to change the conversation for young people. And the reason I went in that whole monologue about that is because basically then when we get to adulthood, we're just confused. And look, you can't fault any of us for for being in this situation that we are having a quarter life crisis, a midlife crisis, because we've basically piled so many layers on top of who we really are, who we really want to be. And so if you're unhappy, just know that it's because you're out of alignment with who you really are. You're not wrong. You're not bad. You're not unworthy. You, the, the purest part of you is, is there and it's still there. You just put a lot of layers on top of it. <laughs> I think that we, we're confused, right? We're confused yep. from the time that we're probably 10 to maybe 23, 24 until we start to really figure out who we are as an individual. And, you know, I, I've been working with I call them young adolescents because we're 18. We're considered as an adult by 18, but mentally we're not fully developed in our brains and our consciousness and understanding who we are as people. And I've worked with adolescents also from the groups of 13 to to 17, 18 years old. Um, I went to school to be a a middle school Spanish teacher, so I understand that. But I, I believe that really it comes down to getting to know your values, your skills that you obviously have an interest in developing because we all have skills and we don't realize how our skills play off of our strengths, which is also a really important thing. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Clifton Strengths Quest. A little bit, not a ton, so no. It's, it's focused on the idea of understanding your strengths as a person more so than your skills that everyone can develop certain skills and you know maybe math is a stronger skill for someone else versus something else but that's applicable to what you do in the world of work when you talk about skills that are based on your strengths meaning you as a person and how you perform that that applies to everything in life and so the the clifton strengths quest it's called strengths quest um assessment model is based on an individual and their individual strengths. And it's better for someone to spend the energy that energizes them on the strengths that they have in their world of work, because we spend so much of our time working, than to be confused by what we're doing in school and how we're being educated and investing you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not more, in education. Um, you know, I... I think you're probably in the same boat as I am. We both have student loan debt, trying to figure out how to make sure that goes away at some point in the future. Um, and we, we, you know, we go to school because we're told education is important. We're told education is necessary to be successful. And you think about that and you say, shit, if I knew what I know now, 
I would have invested so many years of my life in education. I know you needed it to climb up a, a ladder, but what is this ladder? <laughs> what, is, what is that ladder? Because the world we live in today is a service-oriented world. We all, no matter what we do, we're serving someone, somebody, something. Mm-hmm. And I find it really interesting that so many people and even people our age and younger are not listening to what they're, that voice inside of them to recognize that they're meant to be doing something more and something different. And I'm, I'm hoping that this quarantine situation with this epidemic that we're living in gives people the ability to spend time and be present with themselves to really open up their eyes and, and recognize that that aha, maybe maybe the aha moment happens, or maybe it's that I need to talk to someone that can help me talk it out. You know, another question I have for you is, how would you describe the community that you've built um, and with your listeners? Because I know you have a podcast. Um, so tell us a little bit about this community that you have and your clients, and also tell us a little bit about your podcast. Really, like what I've done and, and the point that I've gotten to for me is that I, I want to be a, a guide for people to step into who it is that they really are and the person that they want to be and the life that they want to lead. If you don't feel alive and excited on a daily basis, there's work you can do. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying you're going to pop out of bed like the Energizer Bunny every day, but you should have some positive emotional attachment to your life. And again, this isn't to say that if you don't feel that way, everything what you're doing is wrong. All it is to say is that there is work there to be done. And I, I want to first give people a message of hope of you can live a life that excites you and a life that you feel meaningful and and creating an impact. And this looks different from every for everybody. Like starting their own business sure. is something that I did and it served me. And I think early on, a lot of people were assuming that I was telling people that you have to create your own business to be happy. And that's not true. It looks different for everybody, but you have to find what your happy is. Yes, exactly. You have to do the work to know what that is. So for me, that's like kind of the overarching message and kind of what we've talked about a little bit in our conversation here is we all have a gift. You have a gift. And I know for a lot of people that say, no, I don't like I'm, you know, I'm just an ordinary guy or like, yeah, I have this dream, but it's like not actually, I can't make money off it. And it's not actually, you know, something that I can realistically do. So my message, the people that I really speak to my community is if you hear that little voice inside you, if you hear something that's pulling you to living in a different way, to doing something else, to giving back, just know that you are meant to do that. And sure, the path to get there isn't necessarily easy. But it's there. If you hear that little voice, that is the part of that is the true you, your real self deep down that's urging you to do these things. So what I do is I I like to describe myself as a guide or a leader for people that feel that. And so those are the the types of clients that I work with. That's those are people that come to me and say, I, I feel stuck, I feel overwhelmed, I feel like this is where I need to be or what I need to be doing in my life. And sometimes people don't even know what the hell they need to be doing, but they just know that things don't feel good. Something doesn't feel right. Yep. Yeah. 
And then that's kind of how the podcast was born was I wanted to share a message of hope with people. I'm interviewing a lot of people who have really found personal success in their life. And I like saying personal success because success looks different for all of us. Mm -hmm. And really just sharing their journeys because there's always a struggle there, but there's always a bright side on the other side of that struggle. And so these are, I talked to people who have really grown from the just life experience. And I truly believe that our individual stories are powerful and that we can all learn from one another. So with the podcast, I really want to instill hope in people in that no matter where you're at in your life, no matter how frustrating or in the gutters things may seem, there is hope and there is a better life out there for you. Amazing. Yeah, I think personal success is the best way to describe it. I think so many people love to equate success with money. And yeah, money is a resource, but money does not give you happiness. And I think the quicker people start to recognize that that is not the end-all be-all, that they will be much happier people in their path of self-discovery, in their path of figuring out their purpose and that path to ultimately finding themselves. Because it's such an amazing feeling when you know, I, I think about all the time, I'm meant to do more than what I'm just doing. And I love what I do. I'm helping people every day. Don't get me wrong. It's very rewarding. But I feel like there's so much more inside myself. And I'm sure you can think the same way. Obviously, you've shifted from training people full-time as a fitness trainer, fitness coach, to now wanting to work with people in a different way. So I think we all have that path of how we figure that out and how we get to that journey. Tell me a little bit more about the podcast. I know you just got started and it's kind of taking off a little bit here. Um, what are some of the people that people can expect to hear if they go and find your podcast? I'm excited to have people on who are really rooted in making a difference in the world. People that have really truly stepped into what it is their gifts are and what their calling is, who have figured this out for themselves, who have done the work to figure this out and who are, like I said, just really rooted in a mission of making the world a better place. People that are want to create impact. And what I want to do is share their stories in hopes that people can kind of see how they did it, how they got to that point, how they uncovered those things about themselves. And I'll, I'll be doing some solo episodes as well about my own personal experiences. I'll get really personal about that and my process, but also sharing some things from my coaching practice uh, it's something that I, I want to be accessible to everybody so they don't have to necessarily work with me in order to get tools to to use in their own personal lives. That's awesome. So what are some takeaways you have for our listeners today? The biggest thing I would say is first trusting me when I'm telling you that you are special, you are unique. And that thing that you have, that person that you are is of value. And the funny thing is that for most of us, that value is that thing that you're most afraid to share with the world or the most uncomfortable, or you don't really know how to feel it. For me, I am a sensitive, empathetic guy. And I always, I 
I got good at sports quickly when I was younger and I quickly started identifying with being strong and masculine and competitive. And I absolutely embraced that part of my masculinity. But at the same time, I'm, I'm very deep and introspective and I'm an introvert. So I like quiet time and I, I can have very meaningful conversations with people. And those things to me... I didn't know what to do with those growing up. I didn't know what to do with those as a teenager. And so I kind of just left them on the back burner and it became something that made me uncomfortable. I didn't feel at home in a locker room with the comfortable or the the, the kind of like stereotypical locker room talk because I didn't, it didn't feel good. It didn't feel good to be talking about girls in a certain way because it felt bad. But I didn't really know how to explore that part of myself that felt differently. But now, as I've stepped into that, I realize that those things are my power. So what I realize is that all these things that I didn't really know what to do with when I was younger were parts of me that were very important and ended up being the things that I cherish the most because they are the things that make me who I am. That process is difficult it's uncomfortable. And the reason I got into coaching is because I truly believe that it's so, so helpful to have somebody guide you through this. Somebody that's been there, that's experienced the, the, a shift in their life. And to have that support, I've had mentors, I have been to therapy, all sorts of stuff. And it's all just made me it's just all helped me be a much stronger person and has increased my personal growth rapidly. And I'm an introspective human being. I, I appreciate that about myself and it helps has helped me grow in the past. But so for anybody that's thinking, I'm introspective, I don't really need help with personal growth, working with somebody, a mentor of some kind. It doesn't have to be me. It doesn't have to be Jose. Like it doesn't matter who, as long as it's a good fit for you and it's somebody that you trust and can really look up to and respect, that's going to help take you really far from my experience. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, a mentoring has been one of the biggest things that has made me successful in my opinion to where I've gotten today. Um, and where I was, you know, 10 years ago, 11 years ago, um, compared to the path that I was just like, so fucking confused. And so like, what am I doing with myself? Um, I truly believe in the power of mentoring and, and the, the type of leadership that it gives you and what it teaches you also from being better at being the person that you are. Um, and from a coaching perspective, I think that the mentors are the ones that t- teach you the leadership that you want to have in guiding other people, because otherwise you're kind of that, that boss person. We use the word boss today as a level of executiveness, as a level of like, yeah, they're the boss, they're the shit. But there's this layer of what the boss is like, as opposed to you know a boss versus a leader. Oftentimes, we don't realize what that means. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's really important when you talk about having a mentor, someone who can really be a leader too. Yeah. And I think another important part to mention there is 
I know for a lot of people, they'll be like, oh, I have friends who support me. Oh, I have a significant other that supports me. Oh, I have a family that supports me. And I just want to give you a quick, the, the quick down low on that is they may love you. And I'm not saying they don't. They do not fully understand or have the capability of being able to objectively view you. Having somebody, having because they're, they're emotionally connected to you in some way, and that's a good thing. But the thing is, they tie in their own thoughts and beliefs and desires into your relationship. So for, you know, I've worked with a lot of females and one of the things that the feedback I've heard from them is like, oh, like I thought I had girlfriends I could talk to. I thought I had, I could like talk to people and like, that would just be okay. Cause you know, like people have come to me as a coach and like, oh, so you just like, we just talk for an hour. Like I have friends I can talk to. I don't need you. But the point is as a mentor, that person will or should at least, um, if they're doing their job correctly, listen to you, you will be the center of attention and they're going to help you make, they, they can view you and your situation objectively, and then they can use their expertise to help you make the best decisions for yourself. So again, doesn't mean your family and your friends and right. your loved one, your partner doesn't love you. It just no, means exactly. that having support from a completely unbiased party is very, very different. I think also the support that you get from constructive feedback and criticism from a person who is completely unbiased to your situations is so important for your growth, especially in your personal growth and in that growth mindset that can set you to the next level because you don't recognize the idea of mentorship until it's actually after the fact. Um, unless you app, you seek that person out, you're like, hey, I want you to be my mentor. I think there's something about you that's great. And you seek that person out. But you can that could happen organically. And I've, I've seen that happen multiple times, especially with the work that I do with working with students, where it's like it becomes a mentoring relationship. But when you're working with a client and you're coaching someone, I think people oftentimes, there's a misconception about coaching and what people think a coach does. And you know, I, I mentioned in my podcast the different types of coaches and what they reflect on. And we all have this gift of what we specialize and focus in and how we help people. But I think it's people like to dismiss a coach for what the idea is and for what that person represents. Because ultimately, you, we, we heal people sometimes in different ways. We bring people peace. We bring people joy. We bring people the opportunity to explore a side of themselves that they've never seen. Um, it's not therapy, but it's therapeutic. It's it's work within yourself to bring you to a whole nother level. And it, it takes special people to spend time with that um, and being able to do that. So I think that's that's truly inspirational. So kind of, Rena, bringing all this together, where can people find you? Tell us where you are. Tell us how they can learn more about your, your work and the coaching that you do. And if they're interested in looking up your podcast, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram or Facebook. I'm at Ben Fritz Coaching. You can find the business page on Facebook. Um, you can also just straight up friend me on Facebook because I'm I'm more than happy to connect with people one-on-one. Uh, I do have a website in the works that I don't know the domain that I'll have yet, so I can send that to you, Jose. But um, And then the podcast is called Why the World Needs You. Which I love the name of the podcast, by the way. It's catchy, but it's also so important to 
lift people up when they feel like they are lost in this place and maybe they perhaps don't exist. Um, I think there's a spiritual connection that oftentimes listening to it over and over again, you can connect to, and it's not spiritual at all, but it's just like, you're like, oh, wow, I get this. So totally. Ben, this has been awesome. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for joining us. I look forward to working with you more often and having you on hopefully again in the future. So I'm looking forward to seeing the response. And if people have questions for Ben, please definitely leave them in the comments. You know where to find the podcast. If anybody wants to reach out to Ben, you know where to find them. Thanks so much for tuning in. Mm-hmm.